Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Alt Kings podcast. I'm your host, Tate, and today I have the honor of speaking with the Infernals and their founder, Ricky. How are you doing today, Ricky? Uh, I'm very, very well. I'm very well. How are you? Doing well. It's an honor to host you. We've hosted some events in the past. I remember our poker tournament. That was a couple months back. Yeah. But you guys have been very active in this space. You know, you're outlaws, you're survivors, and you are the Infernals. You know? We definitely are. We think <laughs> through some stuff. <laughs> definitely. You're born on ETH. You finally have bridged to Hedera. You're also friends with Jack Timothy. He is one of the you know co-founders of this project. He's a good friend of mine, great guy for the ecosystem, also works with Kabila. Uh, my first question to you is, you know, who are you and what inspired the creation of Infernals? So, yeah, so we've got a... Um, a little bit of a, a a weird beginning, if that may, if I'm sure many people have got stories like this. To be fair, yeah. Um, but we uh, we were created uh, as a derivative of genuine undead. So so that was often thought about. <laughs> we people often speculated whether that was the case, uh, and then we tracked down the artist after about seven months of having the collection, and he confirmed that probably about six weeks ago. So we we know. Wow. We, we now know why we existed. Um, what comes with that, I think, is it, it is not to be massively negative about it, but what comes with that is the intention of the project was to ride the coattails of you know, a very successful project, um, potentially be a pump and dump, you know, something which you know generates um, a little bit of hype in the you know in the midst of such a well-respected collection like Genuine Undead. Um, and, you know, also kind of trying to embrace that community-run project thing which came around around the same time as Genuine Undead. You know, this community will take over and it'll be great and everyone will be vibing and then that'll be enough to sustain a project. Um, so actually, when it comes to the word founders, um, me, Jack, uh, Jack Timothy and Chris, who is um, named Crypto Kid, uh, we are essentially... Um, we are people who have been entrusted with the running of Infernal's project, if that makes sense. So it's yeah. it's it's community driven. So we, I joined the project. I joined the project late October. It had been around for probably around two weeks. I'd had, I'd, I'd originally had genuine undead uh, NFTs. Paper handed them before they hit their high, like I generally do with NFTs, um, and. Uh, seeing the infernals really vibe with the art and i joined the the discord and they had a very unique system i'd been trying to understand a little bit about how to kind of break into nft projects and the running of any nft projects and such like um and when i joined infernals they had a system where if you held 15 then you could be essentially behind the scenes you know have a look behind the curtain um and a Third, also apply to be a, a council member, which is what I did at the time. Um, so yeah, so founders is a. I, I mean, it's probably the only term to kind of describe what me, Chris, and Jack do. Uh, given the space is so young, and we haven't really figured out ourselves, essentially what, what you know, kind of what people are and what the hierarchy and general business structure of NFT projects is. But but yeah, we we are elected and. As we are elected, we can also be deselected as people. Yeah, and we have a we have a governance document for the community that sets out all of the steps 
they would need to dethrone one of me, Jack and Chris. So, so yeah, it's a, it's, it's an interesting setup that we've got, but it's, it's, it's working so far. That's incredible. It actually blows me away. I did not know that this was a currently rugged NFT project that was picked back up by the community. That's one, it's amazing to see that the community still supports it regardless of the founder's actions. And yeah. two, it's I've seen another project on Hedera actually called Slaw Society that was rugged by the founders and picked back up by the community. And they seem to be doing a good job overall on, you know, continuing the momentum forward and, you know, progressing the project in ways that they truly find value for the holders back in the community overall. And so I think that's great to, you know, not give up on something that was given up on by other people. You only yeah. care about, you know, only pushing the, you know, the growth forward as much as you possibly can. And it's nice that there is a council structured where they can, you know, basically pick or choose who they want to be the founders as long as they trust them and they're trustworthy people and they know that overall they're going to be valuable assets for the project itself. So I think that overall it's it's starting to seem like there's a much brighter light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. I noticed whenever I was checking out on OpenSea, you know, this project from previous times has done over 471 Ethereum in volume to date. That is big numbers. Is it, where do you think that came from by chance? So that we, I believe, reached um, reached a floor price high of 0 0.07, 0 0.08. Um, so wow. not a hugely high floor price, but then obviously yeah. some of some of the uh, I think our highest sale was probably over one of one many moons ago of a zero point five, um, nice. which is you know which is a good number. And there's there's other uh, uh, on a, there's other traits within the collection that you know warrant a higher sale. Like for instance, uh, sale for instance, I've got a, a wizard which is one of ten, um, and you know around November time I paid around zero point three for that, and we were still. We were still at that time, you're kind of under the impression um, that this was a project that was that kind of was going to go somewhere. We had um, a, a guy who did, you know, a real good job under difficult circumstances. A guy called Ritter, um, who was when I joined the project, he was classed as a sheriff, and at the time we had this hierarchical system of sheriffs and marshals, which obviously relates to the the old west, um, and. Uh, when I joined, I'd never been really, apart from Genuine Undead, which was about the vibe and the art and things, I'd never really been part of a project uh, that had a, what that that essentially was being community driven and so openly community driven. So when I first joined with my Web two head on, I just assumed that Ritter was the the guy, the boss. <laughs> and uh, sure. as I as I learned more about the project, I realised that actually, you know, kind of he was there at the beginning, but essentially the the um the collection was was dropped and then you know quickly a discord started on the back of a free mint you know kind of sold out in a free mint and that was back when free mints actually you know were generating really good healthy secondary sales and uh and yeah so i assumed that he was the guy and then it kind of all you know you know fell apart a little bit around december time early january and then we were we basically took over the project in in january but but yeah i mean i, I guess this one I'm trying to say is credit to Ritter for, you know, kind of riding that wave in the initial stages um, because everything was against us at that point. We, yeah, just to, to give an example of, of where we were. So we got, we were dropped as a free mint in October. Um, we didn't have access to 
the Discord. So the Discord, what we didn't own it, so someone could pull the plug on that at any moment. Um, we didn't have access to Twitter, so we didn't we, we didn't have the Twitter credentials. We didn't have the contract. We didn't know who the artist was. So all of these are essentially recipes for failure. <laughs> yeah, um, pretty so, much. Yeah. So operating in them circumstances, Ritter kind of riding the wave and, and, you know, kind of trying to build something around, you know, what was essentially a, you know, a pathless NFT project. We, you know, was really good. Um, and then when we took over, it was, you know, we fought kind of tooth and nail um, to get some of them things. And we're now in a position, which is why, you know, kind of we'll get to, to Hadira and that crossing in, in a bit, but we, we're now in a position where we own the Discord We've got ownership of the contract. Um, we've got a signed contract from the artist to say that each holder has IP rights. So they can do that, nice. do with that however they want. Uh, and we're slowly building back up our own Twitter account. Um, and after essentially Elon cancelled our first 10,000 plus followers Twitter account for seemingly no reason. But because we didn't own it, wow. we, couldn't, we couldn't appeal it. Um, so... That, so that's been quite a difficult one as well. And we've had a couple of Discord yeah. hacks along the way. So we've had a few things. A couple of hiccups are still flowing smooth, though. Yeah, and I think that's the that's the beauty of the space for me. And, and me, uh, me, Jack, and Chris are, you know, a really tight unit. I mean, I've, I never met Jack or Chris before the Infernals. I've now met Jack in real life. He came to London, and I, I happened to be working close by, and we and we grabbed a pint and some and some something to eat. Nice. You know, it was... A, it was these people, um, you know, Jack and Chris have become friends for life for me, and I can't wait for the day that I meet Chris. That's gonna, that's gonna be great. But when all three of us are actually together, given how much time we spend with each other in in meetings, and you know, the, these two people are probably the people I speak to most on a day to day basis, you know, even surpassing family because we're just constantly in WhatsApp talking about what what you know the, what we're doing with the phases currently. Um, you know, reacting and, you know, kind of making plans about things that are coming up, like our Twitter spaces and the announcements and things like that. So it's, yeah, it's, I've, I've kind of landed on my feet with the Infernals. And I think the passion that we've got as holders first, and I think we, all three of us were holders first, uh, has given us that passion and drive to, to make sure that this works. That's amazing. And before, you know, we dive into Hedera a little more and that, that merge over to Hedera. I'd love to little uh, get to know you know the team more. What is you know the roles and responsibilities split between you three? Is yeah. one person focused on something more than the other, or how does it play out for the team? So yeah, so the original so so as I mentioned before, the original setup was was sheriffs and marshals, and then what quickly became apparent is that of the sheriffs, there was only really Ritter that was doing any work at all. The other two sheriffs had had, had essentially checked out. Um, but then still taking or expecting a wage from <laughs> from the account. Wow, um, that's terrible. Yeah, I mean it. It wasn't great, and it this and and then we've got the kind of the marshals and and they were helping out in the Discord, but uh, you know kind of very loosely and and you know um, very sporadically. I think there was one there, there was one guy in there um, that kind of stuck around for a little bit afterwards, but then didn't really after after we took over. Um, so then basically what happened, and this is being completely transparent because everyone who is a holder of Infernals knows this information anyway. One of the marshals challenged the sheriff at the time, Ritter, um, basically saying that he didn't feel like Ritter was taking the, taking Infernals in the right direction. Um, 
so what happened as a result of that? Because obviously Ritter is, you know, is the kind of guy that he is. Ritter was like, well, actually, if, if you feel that way, then we need to have a change. We need to do something about that. So we developed between us as a council um, with, you know, a, a snapshot voting system with the holders as well. So they all got to say based on uh, how many infernals they held. Um, and we set up a system where we identified four key roles, um, which would be classed as the core team. And at the time, uh, then four roles were Twitter and social media, uh, which is Jack. And then we've got Discord, bots, you know, kind of safety, all that kind of thing, which is Chris. Yeah. Um, and, and then there's outreach lead, which is essentially myself. So that's kind of setting up partnerships and, you know, finding guests for Western Wednesdays and, and essentially being a mouthpiece for the Infernals and, you know, things like this. And the fourth one was um, was art and law. So law pl has played and continues to play a massive part in the journey. And again, we'll get that with the Hadira crossing. Um, and, but at the time we, and this is based on when you join a, an NFT project, you assume that the project exists for a certain thing. So when we joined, or at least when I joined, the, the focus seemed to be on, right, we're writing a story. What's the best way to depict a story? Let's, let's do comics and you know, them kind of thing. So that was the route that we taken. And as such, we thought we needed, um, you know, someone on the art side to do stuff. So we had a guy who was a marshal, um, a guy called Lewis Darley, who done a lot of the original artwork. We've released an NFT with a comic strip page. Um, and we've, you, we, we can, you can see things like that, not only on uh, Cometh, who are a great Web3 project who deliver a comic-based uh, output, but also we, we, we're in the process and we'll be publishing this week our our, our collection of law and comic strips uh, on a gift book that we're putting together, so people joining can read the past about what's happening. That's cool. So they were so yeah. So they were the four roles. It was uh, it was Twitter, Discord, Outly, Outreach, and uh, comics. Lewis, when we were after we were um, <laughs> just another thing to navigate. Uh, so after we were all put in place and all, we we all took our roles. It was probably less than four weeks when OpenSea decided to make all royalties optional. Now, all the, the royalties were the only source of income for the Infernals. Uh, so that pretty much turned the tap off for with regards yeah. to kind of future development. Uh, we, as a team, decided at that moment, and we put out an announcement, we decided at that moment we'd built up around $10,000 worth of royalties from their sales in the beginning. And we decided that we weren't going to take a penny of that until we'd sorted an alternative to the royalty situation. Or at least, you know, got to a point where we feel that we're developing something which is going to bring an income. Makes sense. Yeah. Because uh, it just didn't feel right using that community money uh, for two reasons. One, it was the community's money and it needed to be, it needed to feel like it was going somewhere. Um, but also, if we started using that money, then instantly the Infernals has a shelf life. You know, it, it's got a time, a ticking time scale, which is just as long as there's money, there's, you, you kind of, you, you're then, you, you're then working, but you know, that's going to come to an end at some point if you don't have an alternative. Yeah. So we, so we took that decision. Uh, and as such, Lewis Darley, who was the art, gave everything that he could, but Lewis was also, he's a salsa dancer, he's a Brazilian salsa, salsa dancer. <laughs> so he... He travels around Europe doing classes and things like that. And because the you know that was kind of pulled back, 
he needed to then travel and and do all of that work. But he, you know, but the time that he was with us was great. But he took the decision after a few conversations later uh, and later passed that that decision uh, to step back from that because he couldn't really commit the time that justified the core team role. And we uh, and we that haven't makes sense. had that role. Yeah. So yeah. yes, it was a good decision from Lewis, and he, you know, he's he's still. Um, you know, he's still a big holder. He's probably the biggest holder we have. He has like 130 infernals, and uh, yeah, he's really supportive. He's he's diamond handed them. He's joined our mission over to Hadera, and and yeah, he's a he's a he's a great guy. Uh, but yeah, so so that's how we ended up with just the three of us. It was originally four, but now it's three. Nice. It seems as if there's structure as well with you know the roles and responsibilities and how things play out. And it seems as if you know you're covering majority of, you know. The, the majority of the overview when it comes to how to manage an NFT project and what needs to be managed specifically. So that's great to hear. I'd love to, you know, dive into this bridge to Hedera now. And my first question would be, you know, what made you want to bridge to Hedera from a network like Ethereum? Okay. So, so there were a number of factors at play um, with regards to us staying on, on Ethereum. I think a lot of people from the outside and a lot of people that are Ethereum maxis would probably think, well, why do you want to go to a lesser chain? Everyone wants to be on Ethereum. We've seen D-Gods yeah. move from Solana over to Ethereum. And, you know, it, it, it seemed like a, a bit of an odd decision. But I think the way, we see, the way we've seen it is, you know, on Ethereum, we had a history, first off. So we had a history of being a free mint. Um, and without going in depth into a project and understanding what it is that me, Jack and Chris are trying to do, there's a lot of people during that hype period at the beginning of the Infernals who have had an experience of them and wrote them off. So a majority of our holders, I, I, this is my this is my opinion, a lot of our holders, and we've got 1,400 holders, a lot of them bought an Infernal at its highest and probably have that sitting in the wallet praying and hoping that one day they see that number go up to such a point yeah. where they either get their money back or they get a bit of a profit. Uh, so yeah, so we're, we're wallet fillers when it comes to some of our holders. Uh, so so that, that was one factor. The other factor was uh, that we, the, the, the floor price of Infernals got to a point where it was 0 0.003 at, a, at its lowest. Um, and the gas prices on Ethereum meant many well, that much of the time the when people if people were kind of so taken with infernals and what we were doing and they wanted to buy an infernal when they were trying to buy an infernal they were paying more in gas for the actual infernal now i think you know kind of sales psychology kind of comes into play then because yeah. if you go to buy you know kind of a, a tray of coke from kind of costco or a wholesaler and it's you know six dollars and then you have to pay eight dollars in tax you're probably not going to purchase that it makes no uh, sense. It makes no sense at all. So, so, so that was playing a big factor as well with with regards to the gas, um, and then the uh, the other thing which was driving that was the secondary sales, uh, and the fact that we weren't getting any royalties from Ethereum, and then the last thing that was uh, that was well that was driving that essentially was was we were in the position at the time of deciding to do something on another chain. Uh, where we didn't have the contract and we didn't have IP rights, which were the two biggest biggest factors for our holders, things they asked about weekly. Uh, whereas, you know, what, what's happening with IP rights, what's happening with the contract, and, and because we had such a, 
uh, pardon me, because we had such a, uh, a, a sporadic communication channel with, uh, with the, at the time, he was, he was called Sheriff of Bottom Text. So this is the guy who set up the Discord, but he would pop in every now and again, you know, try and sort some things for us, but not really. It was We never really had a, a clear line of communication. So we never really were able to give an answer to our holders about what we could do. You know, the, the questions were coming back. We don't know. When we know, you'll know. And, you know, that doesn't build a lot of confidence with holders. So yeah, our decision, know. yeah, it's, it's tough. So our decision to move... Uh, or to do something different on a different chain initially came when we identified the artist. Um, and uh, you've probably seen that the artist is MP Russell, who has just released Punk's 2023 on Ethereum. And it, so we were able to get the IP rights from there. And we'd also struck up a deal with MP Russell to do a new collection for us that we would drop on Polygon. That was our original intention. And because... Of other factors, obviously he had Punk's 2023 coming out, coming out. He had some medical issues that he needed to kind of deal with. Uh, we were kind of left waiting and waiting and waiting to a point where he basically got to the point where he was so close to releasing his own collection on Ethereum that he really couldn't give us a, a good timeline of when we were doing it. Also in that time, Polygon had been declared a security uh, by the US. Um, when Matic had been declared as a security uh, and also as an outreach lead I tried multiple avenues to try and penetrate that Polygon community and 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 not really being given you know kind of a lot of confidence in it, it, that that was going to be a place for us so yeah so yeah so it was it we'd been we do a lot of the things and we have a lot of plans and we give ourselves a lot of flexibility in them plans to be able to change because that's web three and we changed. We went to Hadira instead. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's a smart approach whenever you're doing that outreach to those uh, Polygon NFT projects, you know, you can really pick up on if a community is meant for you based upon how well a NFT project on another chain, uh, you know, responds to your messages, interacts with you and tries to make you feel welcomed. And if they don't do any of that, you know, the hospitality is not there and you're probably not meant to be. But, yeah. you know, over on Hedera, we'll welcome you with open arms. And we're very thankful that, you know, you're taking that route to join us on, you know, yeah. the H Barbarian journey, one would say. Yeah. I, I'd love to ask now, you know, how will this bridge for the Infernals benefit the previous Infernals holders? Are they going to yeah. be receiving anything while or are they going to be receiving anything from the bridge or how will things play out for those holders? So we so we approach every and have approached every decision with holders first, um, and and that and that's easy to do because we're holders first too. You know we're holders yeah. before we are core team, so it, so that yeah. that's an easy stance for us to take. Uh, when it comes to the bridge to Hadira, uh, what we've what we've done is we've essentially gamified the whole process. So we didn't want to be in a position. Uh, one of the one of the the things that we're aware of now, having 1,400 holders and probably, you know, at the time of us just being on Ethereum, we, we had probably a maximum of 30, you know, kind of well-engaged holders and maybe another 20 or 30 who would dip in and out. So it's, that's, a, that's a far cry away from the 1,400 yeah. that, that suggests that they've got a stake in Infernals. So at that time, you know, we we realized that the collection that we've got on Ethereum is too big. 
you know, it's not something which is is possible to to maintain. I think it's you know in a space with with so few people in there already, it's very difficult to do something that is going to please everyone. You know, and it, from from every factor. So so yeah. So from a holder's perspective, what we what we tried to do is we 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 held. Uh, I think this goes back to why Hadira. We held uh, a Western Wednesdays which is our Twitter space that we've held every Wednesday now for, I think this Wednesday is the 35th week in a row. So Nice. So yeah, so we've been really consistent with stuff like that. And I think that's helped, you know, that, that's kind of helped people gain trust in what it is that we're doing and the fact that we're going to be around for, you know, and we are going to be around for, for years to come, not just not just weeks and months. But the we held a Western Wednesdays and Jack invited some of his friends over from the Hedera, uh, the Hedera ecosystem. Obviously, we knew Jack was well involved with Hedera system, and we were having conversations when we were talking about different chains. And Hedera was obviously in that conversation. Now, the the concerns from probably myself and Chris more than Jack, but Jack did share a little bit, was that Hedera was so early and so young as a, a, a you know as an ecosystem. And I, it is, yeah, it is, and, and that that can be you know very daunting, but it can also be really exciting, which is what we're trying yeah. right now. Yeah. Really exciting, and uh, but when we kind of got to the point where we realised we weren't going to do another collection with MP, uh, we'd got the contract. We were then able to make our own decisions, and there's a saying that we have in our core team where before, when we didn't have all them things, we basically didn't have the keys to the car. Your dad said you could borrow it, but you didn't have the keys for it. And then you know, kind of when we got them things, it was like you know. We've got the keys to the car, so we can now. You can drive. Yeah, we can. We, we we're in charge of our own destiny with that stuff, and that's very rare for a community project as well. Because actually, even genuine undead are not aware of who their artist is, don't have IP rights, um, and don't you know kind of have the contract. So so, so we're in a really unique position there, uh, and we held a Twitter space where where Jack invited some of the people over from uh, from Hedera, such as. Uh, such as Hungry Barboons and 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 Deb Pixels and Shroomies and Climateers and and After Dark Social Club and uh, you know all of these kind of uh, uh, one which was the biggest shock was they all turned up, <laughs> you know kind of it was you know where we arrived and there was the, all of these projects and the conversation was like kind of really positive and energetic and a, a, and immediately from that from that one Twitter space our holders who had been really kind of you know, hesitant to even think about Hadira as a as a place that they wanted to get involved with and wanted their infernals to be to be to be involved with, were then in a position where they were like, "Well, actually, what is this? <laughs> what what is this place?" Um, and I think what got them and what got me more than uh, more than anything was the maturity of of people over there. Uh, yeah, the, the fact that no one is over there selling, you know selling snake oil and they're not selling pipe dreams they're they're over there basically saying this you know we're early in this and the ones who are just art are saying well we're just art that's that's all we are um and people love that they love the fact that they've got you know kind of opportunities to be part of something and own something because it's it is all community it's all vibing and i think the support we received in that twitter space 
And then when we finally made the decision that this was what we're going to do, and now that we're in this space, it's just been absolutely phenomenal. Um, and I think more than that, it's it's kind of what we've always wanted. We always thought that this existed, but we could never quite get into the right channels on Ethereum being such a, a vast space of projects all yeah. waiting for a tiny bit of the spotlight. Uh, we'd probably had our day in the sun in Ethereum in that hype moment in the first three, four weeks. Uh, so getting something like that back and getting that energy back and, and, and focus back is really difficult when you're on a chain that you've been on for that long so this has given us you know it's revitalized our our energy to to build and you know really make this a success give you that necessary boost and i love to hear it because you know people over on hedera specifically are really community centric they love to yeah. feel as if you know you're included for the most part yeah. and i i feel as if that you know is big on every chain everybody has their you know the people who support it and support all communities or support anybody that's you know trying to build something special and then there's also of course always going to be the people who are very you know very much critics and they love to be very picky about what they decide to invest in and stuff yeah uh but overall i believe hedera is a very strong community centric community overall and they're very open and welcoming to any new projects wanting to explore the Hedera ecosystem, which is, you know, great overall. Yeah. But on one note, I would like to ask now is, you know, what are these unique features that the Infernals plans on, you know, releasing to make them stand out as a collection on Hedera? Because, you know, it's one thing to be a collection, but it's another thing to provide something that stands out beneath the crowd. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, the one thing that, that we've always had... um in our back pocket is, is essentially community driven law. So we, we, we're, we're basically a project of storytelling. And I think there's such nice. a, there is, there, there is such a, an amazing way of documenting your journey through, you know, th- through creation and through different stories and, uh, and, uh, and, and also the community's view of what it is that they're part of. Uh, so that's something that we've, we've focused quite a lot on. And I think, you know, the, a good example of, of that is you know what will be coming out this week which will be our git book you know we i've be i've had the honor i think of you know essentially going back to our twitter back to around january time where we had our first ever law competition so the law competition at that point was the survivors of fear so we had uh fear for the infernals has always been uh an essentially a, a symbolic word that encompasses so much of the the experience we've had on ethereum so if you think around things like food you know low floor prices panic selling you know people in the discord shouting off discord hacks you know all of them things are encompassed in this word fear for us and what we've done as a project is we've we've created an individual entity that we're fighting against as infernal posses essentially so fear is this kind of red-eyed you know, kind of superhuman, uh, infernal ape that essentially brings people back from the dead and and tries to attack infernals. So that's Ethereum for us. So we've we've essentially kind of created that created that world. So our whole created a monster. Yeah, we we have, and 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 I think you know one of the things that you know is is an undercurrent of that story is essentially you know most of that the existence of that monster is, you know, created by us ourselves. You know, we're in yeah. charge of our destiny um, and we decide whether or not fear exists. You know, all of them entities are stuff that we have control of and our whole self-control of. 
So our our escape to Hadera, our escape to a different chain, uh, has been depicted in this uh, in this journey, which is currently uh, just completed phase three. So our first phase uh, was a, a gentleman called Jack, who was an infernal, uh, who who was an infernal that Jack Timothy owned, and the the the. The story outside of the story is that we were looking at how we were able to burn infernals on Ethereum and remint them on Hedera and send them to our holders. So it's a simple kind of process that we try to go through. Um, but what that, how that ended up in law was that Jack was someone who had been, you know, kind of driven by fear to look for alternative places for himself and others to thrive. And in the in the law that was created, um, he basically had you know fled through a portal to 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 explore this other land essentially and that's you know that's how we ended up on Hedera. Uh, nice. so the yeah so the first phase which came about after the twitter space was what was essentially the phase of the rescuers so there was 26 of our holders who essentially were able to send just one of their infernals to find out what happened with jack uh what they found was a hut which had Hadera symbols all over, Boone symbols, Siwa symbols, you know, all of these kind of things. Um, and it, and they'd worked out that he'd kind of found this portal and that he'd, you know, he kind of went over there. So they went over and followed him. So that was the first time our holders were able to burn. And uh, we were asking them to burn money, essentially. They burned their Ethereum Infernal and then they were reminted, as, uh, reminted on Hadera. And that was the rescuers. And then we've got phase two, which was the explorers. So the the story around that was there was a character which was built um, and created by one of our community members on our second law contest, which was around uh, the Lone Fisherman's League. And that character was called Ada. Uh, and Ada essentially had, uh, had, you know, kind of listened to the concerns of the community, the friends and family members of the rescuers who they haven't heard from and decided to go into uh, onto the Elder's Trail where she knew a wizard, which is my wizard, Marcel, um, kind of lived and uh, uh, and to ask some questions about what was going on. So Marcel, you know, keeps himself invisible, but when he sees someone in distress can make himself appear. So he appeared for Ada. Uh, he, used, um, he used magic, essentially, not to see where they were, but to generate the feeling of the mood that they have. And their mood was support, happiness, you know, kind of, a, a, a freeness of fear on Hadera. And then both Marcel and Ada went back to uh, back to the uh, the group of Infernals, the family members and friends, told them what they had felt. And there was a bunch of family members that wanted to go and find them. And there was also a bunch of the community that were generally just interested in what this whole Hadera thing was. Um, and they and they crossed along with Moon God, who was a cowl. So there's a, a there's a, a basically a triumvirate triumvirate, I get that word wrong all the time, of of Jack, Marcel and Moon God, who, you know, kind of needed to go over there. And if they didn't cross, then the portal would close. So we essentially force we essentially force Brian, who's one of our long term holders, to cross over his most expensive infernal. And Bernie's the most expensive infernal on Ethereum. Um, and he called that out straight away to be fair. But but he, he he did it. You know, we we kept the portal open uh, long enough to bring Jack back because that's what the rescuers thought they were doing, and the, um, that's what the that's what the explorers thought they were doing. And the last phase, which we've just completed, so there was there was twenty six the first phase, there was one hundred and thirty across the, the the second phase, and the last phase, which we just had, was essentially a call back from Jack, 
um, who would bend, uh, who would send a message back to uh, back to Ethereum to essentially say that it's great here, but we haven't got anything. We haven't got any resources. It's not a place where we can all live right now. Send some builders. So we had a trade-based um, criteria where they needed to send someone with the Infernal background, who we, we say were the original builders of the Infernals. And uh, as long as they had one of them, they could send over a particular amount based on how many rescue they had, how many explorers they had. Uh, and this phase, we sent over just under 300 of them. So we've got right. close to 500 being burned on Ethereum and reminted over there. And now, you know, because of the builder's phase, this is, you know, this is symbolic of where we are right now. That That's enough for the time being. Now it's time for us to get our heads down, build, gain the trust of the Hedera uh, community, you know, kind of work on what it is that we uh, that we are to everyone. Um, have that consistency and and essentially build ourselves as you know as a Hadira omni chain, but in a, a Hadira collection as well. So that's this phase, and then phase four will come later. Nice, yeah, amazing. It, I really like how you explained you know the lore and the storyline between and behind each phase. I think that really added a really great touch to it all. And it seems as if you know you have the lore. The lore is going to play a part within the comics. And another thing I was thinking of, you know, besides just comics, you can make short stories. You can make, you know, yeah. small little comic TV shows or, you know, video shows, whatever you want out of this. And I think if yeah. you're able to just, you know, migrate that lore into other different formats rather than just either text or some sort of uh, book or I guess in this case would be a comic. I think that'd be really cool and engaging and interactive for all the holders as well. And yeah. that's just a really cool thought I had while you're explaining everything. Um, but besides yeah. that, though, well, you can go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, it's interesting you say that because I think one of the things that we see ourselves as eventually is ultimately a, a media slash entertainment project. Um, and with that comes all of them options, you know, kind of cartoon, yeah. short stories, you know, kind of yep. building some of the lore into things that can be digested in different ways. Um but they're but they're long term goals, and uh, and it's, we think we we think me, Chris, and Jack think about this in the basis of a three to five year plan rather than a three to five month plan. Which Web three in very many smart. ways, in many ways, Web three force you to think a lot quicker than that. But we've, we yeah. are very clear that this is something that we need to build and be consistent with, and and essentially get to a point where it's the right time to do it. Just because. Just because it's an option doesn't mean it should be done right now. It needs to be done at the point where it's going to be appealing to the most amount of people. And I think that's, you know, that's our first plan. Definitely. And that's a really smart approach. You want to make sure that you are aware of what you're you're providing and you're building. You don't want to, you don't never want to rush anything. Rushing the process will not help you exponentially grow in the matter that you desire. You know, you have to take yeah. your time and you have to really hone in on all of your team's skill sets and make sure things are done properly rather than done, you know, half-assed and just pushed to be pushed to try to make, you know, the community proud in some way, shape or form. But in reality, whatever they're being provided there, they might like it today, but they're not going to like it tomorrow because it doesn't nearly have as much work that could be shown for, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think the, the amazing thing about our project is, is I've probably just outlined, you know, a, a, you know, a good few months worth of law that's been written. 
And I think the amazing thing about that is, is that isn't written by me, Jack and Chris. We have people in our community that have now have published works because they have contributed themselves to what that story is and what that journey is. And I think, you know, ultimately, yes, we've got kind of these, these outlets and these, these ways of kind of telling the story, but I think what we are more than anything and what we continue to be is a, is a platform for, for any of our community members to get back and from myself, Chris and Jack, who've got experience in other, you know, other things outside of, uh, of web three. Um, and ultimately provide them with a platform to be able to have ideas of them, their own come to life. And that's happened in a number of ways. We've got, um, you know, we've had poker tournaments that you know, obviously you were a part of a, you know, a while yeah. back, which that was Brian's idea. Brian wanted to put together a weekly poker tournament and we provide them with a platform to do that. We've had people engaging game nights. Yeah. And I think that's, a, that, that's what we want to be to our community. Yes. You know, kind of just things that we can do and there's, there's, there's things that we, we hope to do in the future. But I think what we also want to see is each holder of the Infernals feeling that if they have a, a, an idea or an aspiration to do something themselves in Web3, that we're the community and we're the leaders that they, they essentially come to speak to about that because you know, we, we, we like nothing more to see our holders kind of achieve. Amazing. I, I couldn't agree more with that. It's, you know, at the end of the day, you want to make sure the people who support you also have a voice that's being heard by you, you know? Yeah. It can't just be a one-sided sort of it, friendship or relationship. It's got to be mutual. you got to be able to hear each other out and also yeah. be able to take criticism from one another. And that will overall help any community grow and see its, you know, highest potentials. My final question today for you, Ricky, and if there's anything else that you have to touch up on, by all means, uh, but, you know, if there's anything you mind dabbling into about phase four, that'd be great if there's anything that you can touch up on. But I was just more curious about, you know, the future plans for the Infernals yeah. community. So I think the things that, I, that I'm trying to think of what has been disclosed, we're, by the way, we're very transparent. We don't, we, we, That's I mean, great. You, may have seen, you may have seen on Twitter the other day, we had our core team, you know, uh, slash manager meeting. Uh, and we did that in general voice chat and invited the community to listen in on that. You know, we're very transparent with what it is that we're doing. Um, great to be that way. Yeah, I think it's appreciated. And, I, you know, as someone who's a part of a number of projects in in ETH, Solana and Hedera, you know, that's kind of how I would like things to be. Um, so yeah, so the things that we've kind of released about where we want to be, this is not generally specific to phase four, but we would abs we, we believe the ideal situation would be to have 2,500 NFTs on Hedera 2,500 NFTs on Ethereum. And that would split our collection right down the middle and, you know, be a true omni-chain collection. Yeah. Um, so, that, so, so that's something which, we, which we've said in the, in the past. I think the other thing is that, you know, kind of we are very, very protective about not overpopulating and ourselves on Hedera too early. We don't want to be a collection of know thousands on Hedera when no one knows who we are you know and we haven't and the way we're coming over which is you know really innovative I think with regards to you know kind of the process and, and Jack I need to give credit to Jack and Chris for this because they work you know flat out between the end of the the burns and you know the remitting and air dropping of of infernals on the other side um but that process is is, is such that we could quite easily burn you know, all of the collection and have all of the collection on Hedera. But that's not going to serve anyone. It's not going to serve anyone on Ethereum because, you know, 
we don't, we're not in contact with a lot of our holders. Um, although what's amazing and what has been amazing is holders that we've never seen before pop into the, the, the saloon and say, why we're burning infernals. Yeah. So it's kind of, so it's kind of stoked their attention a little bit. Um, so yeah, so we don't, we, so we really don't want to be a project that, that, that pigs too early with regards to our presence on Adira until we've earned that. Cause we haven't had a market and a mint and process like some of the projects over there to be able to kind of get people hyped up about that. So, and we said, um, and we are really kind of conscious about being an Ethereum project coming over here and going, hey, we're now big fish in a little pond. That's we, we we are starting again when it comes to you know who we, who we are to the Hadera community, and I think that's really important that we that we recognise that Hadera are more important to us than we are to Hadera right now. Yeah. So 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 that's something which, from from a phase perspective, we we will not be expecting in phase four. Um, and probably the last thing around phase four is the fact that um, I told you earlier in the story about Jack. So what we've been able to do when we've been crossing uh, crossing Infernals over to Hadera is we've been able to give them special traits. So the first uh, first phase, everyone that all twenty six people that took part got a rescuer, which then makes that you know twenty six out of a five thousand collection. So it's a, a yeah. highly rare NFT. And then the 130 explorers, and then the 300, um, you know, just under shy of 300 builders. Jack, who crossed first, has the one of one trait of Jack the Explorer. Um, and on Wednesday, during our Western Wednesdays, everyone that took part in the burn for the builders, uh, the, the, the builders phase, so phase three, so everyone in there is going to essentially be part of a raffle to win that one of one. So that's not something that's being kept in a, a vault. That's not something that's going to be kept by Jack, and because it was Jack's NFT, his own personal yeah. NFT that he used. Um, you know, someone who took part in this phase is going to is going to end up with that really rare infernal in their wallet. So, from a phase perspective, what I'll say is is Jack plays a very very pivotal role in Phase Four. You know, he's he's the first person to go over. From a law perspective. Is going to be massively important to what that phase four is and how that looks. And there's going to be a number of different perks that come with that, as well as again for what we've done in in the past, the rescuers, explorers, and builders who are who are the ones that are on Hadira right now. Amazing, that's very exciting, and I look forward to seeing how you know Jack's lore really plays out within the ecosystem. It's got me going. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's it's really exciting. I think that the the, the exciting thing about it is we've got you know kind of two two amazing contributors to to what we do, and I, and I need to give them a shout out. So that's uh, Tiny uh, Tiny Universe and also Lady Valor, who were, who you know kind of support us with a lot of the law. Um, Lady Valor is you know is just about her to have her own comic published, which is really cool. Um, and even if they don't write the segments. Uh, you know, they they are massively helping hands and in looking out what it is that we're doing and adding that kind of bit of consistency and stuff to to the stories definitely in the end out. And so yeah, so they they're great with that. I think they probably there needs to be a, an element in the law going forward that incorporates um, the H bar car, which I know you're a part of as well. Um, yes, I am. Yeah, and and I think you know, the, what what the H bar car is doing is 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 ultimately one of the kind of shining examples of why Hadira is the place for infernals. 
you know, someone who, you know, doesn't run a project per se, but just wants Hedera to succeed. And I think, you know, kind of for, for James to have that kind of energy and, and drive and to pull all of these people together in the, you know, in the Twitter group so that all of the founders are kind of talking to each other and able to vibe with each other. Um, and then, you know, kind of going one further with the HBAR car is just, you know, that's a really exciting thing coming forward as well. And we, so we need to depict that in the law going forward as well, because it's, uh, it won't be, it won't be a car because we don't have cars in the old West. Um, <laughs> but I don't More know like what yeah, well, James has actually kind of been posting videos of an infernal horse. I don't know whether he was seen. Wow. It's going to be a yeah. horse branded with all the different NFT projects on it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's. It, it's great that you know, as say, it, you know, as an example of the support we've received so far from Adira, you know, that's that that's up there with him. So yeah, it's exciting. Amazing. Well, Ricky, is there anything else you'd like to touch upon? Um, no. I mean, I, I think I'm all good. I mean, I, I'd probably just say thank you again to, to you. Um, you know, it's it, it's great to you know, to have people like you who are essentially just interested in all things omnichain and and, and giving people yeah. a platform to. To speak about that so yeah um yeah appreciate you man appreciate you likewise ricky i appreciate you taking the time today to talk about the you know the infernals project you guys have been around for some time i've learned a lot about your story and your past and i look forward to the future you know it seems as if you have a bright future a strong group of three guys backing this project as well as a strong community behind it uh but you know with that being said once again thank you for your time and Ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, this has been the Alt Kings Podcast, and we will see you all next episode. Peace.